0: Open your Bible up to Hebrews chapter 12. If you'll notice right now we're in a season of being intentional, of praying together. Do you like that? Does it matter? I was just wondering. <laughs> you know, I mean, we just want to facilitate, just be a little bit more intentional. Sometimes on Sundays, you know, it's all, we're all looking in one direction, not one another, so... I don't know. Maybe that's something we'll just always do. I'm not saying we'll, maybe we'll just always be open to it. How about that? Um, but uh, I think it's important for us to touch one another's lives and and pray together. You know, there's there's power in prayer, and so um, appreciate you sharing in that time. So just got a really kind of a. Two messages, this may be two different messages, so they don't quite tie together, then that's okay. It won't be as long as two messages, <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> but <laughs> you never know. So, um, is Pastor Appreciate I want you to appreciate me more, so I'm going to speak a lot longer today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, last week we kind of talked about just God's heart, you know, and that's just His... We got to start there, and so I'm going to tag off of that a little bit and say, you know, any of the stuff that God is calling us to do when he calls us to touch people, I just have to say, for me, I, I need more of God's heart. I just need his heart to just just sink in a little bit more, to get my stuff out of the way. Um, you know, I think that's really a, a key for us touching our world today, because people need to see love, they need to see something real. They need to experience they need to experience love. And uh, it needs to be a love greater than the community that, that they're in. It might be a dysfunctional community, it might be a group of people where but they are feeling loved, and so they're they're receiving and experiencing love. They've got to in order for them to leave and go be a part of somebody else, to go into something new, they're gonna have to say, Is this better? And so the only way I know to say, hey this is better is to have the love of Jesus present. When you've got the love of Jesus, people are drawn to that. And so as we talked about last week, just having that heart uh, for people. And I was reminded of of a story. I'm going to tell two stories. Um, and it was a story told by an author named Jim Cimbala. He's a pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church in um, Brooklyn, New York. And so it's a you know urban... Church right in the middle of Brooklyn, and they've you know they started out with nothing, and and they've eventually they purchased some old theater and they've redone it, and it's kind of revitalized that area. But really, they're they're a church that just touches all kinds of people, and they they have a very simple philosophy. Um, their philosophy is based upon the power of prayer. That's that's basically it. And you you know there's a book called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. Uh, fresh faith, fresh power that talks about uh, the story of the Brooklyn Tabernacle and how Jim and his wife Carol Simbola started with you know ten people and uh just nothing and God began to move, and God moved on their hearts that they that the key part of their ministry would be their Tuesday night prayer meeting, and so their prayer gathering is actually their biggest and most uh, attended service in some ways it 's a it 's just a gathering, and they just they just worship and pray. And they see miracles, they see people brought in, they minister to people off the street they they do all kinds of stuff they do you know help people get free from addictions, but they have twenty i think they've about twenty four seven prayer going on right now where they have a prayer band that prays all the time, and so they you can send you can mail in a request on email and their their prayer group will pray over it and so you know they begin to reach you know thousands of people and all kinds of stuff and but but there 's always a story that caught me and i 've actually heard him tell it in person. Uh, I heard him spoke speak at a conference a long, long time ago, and it 's a story of how he was going along in the ministry and you know they were seeing people get touched by God and they were growing, and things were happening and so uh, he wasn 't inexperienced he wasn 't you know just starting off he was he was you know experienced in the ministry. And so, you know, they had, a, they had a service and they had a lot of altar calls a lot of times. And so they were ministering people at the altar and it was all done. And people were kind of clearing off and kind of beginning to leave uh, for their, their gathering. I think they've got like, they gather all Sunday. They have like a 9, a 12, a 3, and a 6. Uh, I can't imagine doing that as a pastor, like services at 9, 12, 3, and 6. And so, <laughs> I don't know if this was the end part of the day or if they, you know, one of the afternoon ones. But he said he was a little bit tired and this this gentleman came up and he was looked like he was straight off the street. You know, he he was dressed pretty uh unkempt and you know when he got close to him he pretty smelled pretty pretty uh ripely, <laughs> you could say. And you know, he could smell all kinds of smells on this guy. And here's the first thought that came into his head, and I'm sharing this story from him because it it shows you that you know, we always need God's heart. That we always need to have His heart because, you know, our experience and emotions and thoughts jump in. And the first thing he thought was this, was, oh man, this guy just wants a, a couple of bucks. And right then the Holy Spirit said, eh, <laughs> you know, convicted him and said, oh, and, and, and so for... For a few minutes, he's like, oh, man, he could see that the guy was wait, you know, waiting to talk to the pastor. Um, you know, that's, sometimes people want to talk to the pastor, and there's nothing wrong with that. But so he was kind of, you know, so his thought in his head was, oh, man, this guy wants... And so what he does is he comes up to this man, and he reaches into his pocket, and he's, he's, getting, he's fixing to hand him some money, and, and the gentleman says, I don't, I don't want any money i need you to pray for me and he shares his need i don't remember what the need was i didn't go back and read it again and at that moment it said jim Simula says the holy spirit convicted him and he he knew he was like oh man what have i become where I, i see this person and i'm they're here to they're here to be touched by god and i'm supposed to be the one that's Ministering to them and praying for them and, and telling them the truth and saying, "Hey, this God is powerful." You know, he just probably preached a sermon on God's power and all the good things God can do, and yet here he is thinking, "Oh, this guy just wants a wants a couple of bucks, so I'm just going to take care of him and get him out of here." And so he is convicted, and he says, "You know, the man smelled horrific." But it says he turned his heart toward him. He said, Lord, I, I repent. You know, kind of inside, just on the inside. He just he just said, Lord, forgive me for that. And so he he embraced the man. You know, the stinky, dirty man. And he said the most amazing thing happened. It says when he embraced him, the smell changed. That the Holy Spirit descended upon him, filled him with such love for this man that he says... I don't know if it was me or if this was really happening or just me experiencing what God, but instead of the smell being horrific, I, I smelled the most beautiful fragrance on this person and I, I knew that God was touching him. And you know, we, we sometimes need our hearts to just be renewed by the Holy Spirit. We need to be, we need to be touched by God because, um, you know, we're, we're the ones <laughs> You may think God sent somebody else, but He sent you. <laughs> you might think it's not a good choice. He, he thought you were a good choice. Amen. You know, John twenty twenty one. Can we shoot that on the screen there? Uh, everybody notice Corey's here today. Welcome, Corey. <laughs> it's nice to see Corey visiting, visiting from Austin. So uh, we put him right to work. Uh, <laughs> did I put that one in in there? Nope. Yep. <laughs> He's a little rusty. Okay. <laughs> so, he st- I still love you, Corey. I hope you still love me. Um, again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. This is his disciples right at the end. And he says, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Now, keep that up there for a second. I want you to notice the word... As that's that's the key word there. Because if you miss that word, it, it means something different. But it says as the Father God sent Jesus, Jesus is now sending his disciples. So if you're a disciple of Jesus, he's talking to you right now. So as the Father sent me, how did the Father send Jesus? Think about that. Think about all that entails. That God did this. That God sent the Son. And so now, God the Son says, I'm sending you just like the Father sent me. It's just as if I was coming to the world, now you're coming to the world. It's huge. I'm not even here to explain it. I'm here to throw it out to you and say, think about that. What does it mean to be sent as Jesus? just like Jesus and we may look next week we'll see there's there's all kinds of language in the book of John about Jesus being sent to do something there's all kinds of stuff there's all kinds of characteristics there's all kinds of 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 stuff that goes along with that but just if you just think about that think about the fact that God says I'm going to send you as I sent Jesus that's huge And the biggest thing that, that happened with Jesus is he had the heart of God. Amen. He had God's heart. For God so loved the world that he sent, that he gave. He sent the one and only Son. So there was first the heart of God moved. And so I'm, I'm continually being reminded. Again, I'm not saying I did a great job of listening this past week. So maybe I'm telling myself again. And you don't need to hear this. <laughs> you might want to, maybe. But I need God's heart. Because when I have God's heart, I end up in, in God's places. Because He sent me. But I have to think, I'm sent. You have to think you're sent. You know, it's important that you know that someone knows who sent them, right? It matters who sent someone. You know, when... Uh, I can think of no better example. This is the one I thought of earlier. But uh, I used to work at a hardware store. Uh, When I was going through college, I worked at the San Dimas Ace Hardware. And so, there were guys that we got to know, and they were they worked for the city. They worked for the city of San Dimas. And so they could come in. we'd, We'd begin to know those certain guys, and they would come in for their supplies to, I guess, do whatever they did for the city. You know, some of them worked for streets. Some of them worked for parks, whatever. But because they were sent... They then had authority to get stuff and charge it to the account. You know, basic basic account charges. You know, if someone goes into GDL and they're not sent by Dawson, you're not going to let them charge to the Dawson account, right? Right? (laughs) (laughs) Or I'll come in and if I come in and say, can you just, you know, put this on Dawson? You won't let me do it, right? Because I'm not sent from Dawson. I, You know, you can say, hey, we'll charge the church, or you can charge John Wymore. But you can't charge Dawson because I'm not sent by them. So it's important to matter who sent you means you can get stuff that you were sent for. And so when the guys came in, they could say, we knew they were dressed in city shirts. We'd begin to know them by name. And they say, hey, charge this to Parks. And so because they were sent by the city and that was their job, they could get whatever they wanted at the hardware store. We didn't have to ask questions. I didn't ask them, are you doing this? What are you doing? I just give them the stuff, put it in the computer and say, have a nice day. Please sign this invoice. And so who sends you is important because you have the authority of the one and the blessing and the provision of the one that has sent, that has sent you. And so in the same way, think about that. As the Father sent me, I sent you. It's something to think about. You know, I've got my own little story uh, uh, a couple years ago. It's about a year and a half ago. Um, you know, sometimes you can just, you don't even have God's heart. You just do the right thing. And God still touches somebody. So I don't even want to say that I had the heart of God in this. Uh, we had a, uh, a gentleman, and I'm going to call him not by his real name. He's not here. I um, haven't seen him for, for a long time. Uh, but we'll call him Jeff. Is there anybody in here named Jeff? Nope? Okay. So we're going to call him Jeff. Okay? So Jeff, Jeff came into our office. Edie might be able to remember this person, maybe. Um, and, you know, Jeff came in, and Jeff was homeless. Jeff's like, I'm, I've been uh, sleeping, you know, I've slept, you know, I got out of prison, and I came down from up north, and I've come down here, I'm looking for work, uh, I've been staying in the back of a truck somewhere. Somebody let open up their truck and let me sleep in it to get some shelter, um, something like that, uh, you know. And so I've stayed at the Salvation Army some, et cetera. And so we're like, oh man, okay. Uh, well, what what can we help you with today? And so he said, well, I need I need some I need some socks and underwear. And so we're like, all right, we can do that. We, we can help with that. So we, I don't remember if we gave him money or went and bought him for him. I honestly don't remember that, that detail of the story. And so uh, he said, oh, man, I, I'd also, man, I, I really need a, I'm trying to get this job, and I don't have a ride. And so can you uh, can you give me a ride? So I gave, I gave him a ride a couple places. And, uh, you know, he's oh, thank you, Pastor, thank you. Uh, so I dropped him off at, uh, Mr. T's. Everybody knows where Mr. T's is down on Big Spring. Uh, it's just a little convenience store that's got a lot of bars on it and stuff. And um, it's not the one probably most of us in here like go to visit all the time. We go to the nice town and country or whatever stripes, and it's not t- town and country anymore. You know this. This one doesn't look as nice, so uh, we probably don't go to it, right? That's just. That's just reality, right? Isn't it reality? Yeah. <laughs> okay i'm it's just, we're not saying it's bad i'm not even saying it's bad or good it's just reality okay so here i drop this i i'm here and i'm just i'm just kind of doing this you know i'm not like like going oh man god touched my heart and i love this guy and i'm just no but here so i, I get I, I i stop off the car we've done some errands you know we've got him some socks and underwear he's he's holding them in the bag so um he has no place to stay um he says, "Just drop me off here. I'll be good." I said, "You sure?" Some, you know, yeah. Just drop me off right here. I'm gonna. Uh, I think we must have given him some money, so he had a little bit of money left. So, okay, we're gonna drop you off here. And he says, he says this. Hey, can I pray with you? <laughs> so I'm like, oh shoot! I'm supposed to be praying with you. I'm the pastor. <laughs> so he, so he says, let me let me pray with you. So he prays this prayer. Oh, oh and it was just this heartfelt prayer, like he's all, thank you for sending Pastor John to, like, care for me today. Thank you for all that he's done for me. Thank you that he's, he's done this and this, and he's just really just blessed me and all this stuff. And I'm going, oh, my gosh, I, I wasn't even, my heart wasn't even in it. And, you know, or it was kind of in it, but say, yeah, I'll do it. You know, it was kind of, yeah, I'll do it. Uh, I wasn't, like, moved. I wasn't turned off. It was just, I was, just did it. And so he prays this prayer. I'm like, hey, man, can I, can I pray for you too? <laughs> like, before you go. So I pray for him. He just starts to cry. I mean, this is, you know, a guy that's been in prison. He, he met the Lord in prison or he knew about him, got back with him. And uh, I think we even got him a Bible too. Do you have got a Bible? Yeah, we got a Bible. We'll get you a Bible. And so we pray with him. And, you know, I, and he's like, he just gets out of the car crying, you know, at Mr. T's. And so. You know, I just go about the rest of my day. And so we told him about Wednesday night. We were serving him. I think we were just starting to do meals then. And say, hey, come by for dinner. We'll get you something for dinner. And so he came on back by for dinner. And so he had his Bible. And he was reading his Bible. And he he had pulled out the book of Proverbs. He's reading the book of Proverbs. And there's a proverb about, you know, he who is generous to the poor, the Lord blesses. And I, I mean, this is—I just—I'm not telling you this so you think I'm amazing. I'm just telling you this to say, here's how amazing God is. And I think here's here's a glimpse of His heart that that we can catch. And God moved my heart by, you know, seeing this. So he he wrote by that proverb, Pastor John. I don't even know if I saw that or my wife told me or something. I think. I think he was telling my wife, hey, this is what your husband did for me and did all this stuff. And, uh, you know, Jeff, (laughs) you know, he came to church one Sunday. And I had his phone. He had one of those, you know, Go phones or whatever, temporary phone, monthly pay phone at that point. Um, And, uh, you know, I called in, checked with him. I think I did take him to a job interview the next day. Uh he had a job interview at some place, so I took him in and uh you know, he had to go back and said, you know, I'll find a ride on the bus and you know, we we got the bus route straightened out. And uh you know, then I went to uh I think it was one of our conventions or something. I was traveling, I believe I was driving to Dallas and he called me up. Hey Pastor John, uh this is uh, Hey Jeff, good to good to talk to you again. I said, Hey, I'm I'm not in the office right now, but I'm going to be gone all week, but I'll be back next week. Okay, I'll I'll get back with you then. And I said, okay, I'll I'll, I'll call you later. And so hung up the phone. Never saw him again. Never heard from him again. I called his number, called his number, called his number. I I mean, I, I even kept his... His, he left me a voicemail, and so I kept it on my phone. I didn't. I wanted to keep it, and I. I even later, like six months later, I called the number again. Couldn't find him. Don't know whatever happened to him. I don't even know if he was. He was a human. Maybe he was an angel. I don't know. You know, God says in in Hebrews, like sometimes you entertain angels unaware. And I was like, oh man, Lord, move my heart. You know, it touched my heart because I was like, I need to have my heart more in this, and. You know, I was reminded of that story as I was as I was preparing. I was like, you know, we gotta be we gotta be aware of what's going on around us. We we don't ever know. You know, it's it's sometimes easy to get like Pastor Simbolo or like Pastor John, where we just we just do the stuff. We do we, we know what's right, so we just do it. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm going to help somebody, so I'll just do it. And uh, I think we should do that because sometimes I think you have to sometimes you just choose to start something. You know, I know this is the right thing to do, so I'm just going to do it. And then the Holy Spirit comes in and begins to touch your heart as you're obedient, as you, as you step into that. So as, you know, but remember, we need to be encouraged. As the Father sent me, I sent you. Just as the Father sent me, I am sent you. But as we go, we're sometimes, you know, we're weighed down by stuff. And so that's where we get to Hebrews. So this is the second message. It kind of ties in, whereas I think there's there's things that that hinder us from being sent and walking out our sentness in our life. Hebrews twelve and one. Let's read that. Holy Spirit, open the Word of God as we read it. It says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, who are those? Who are they talking about? anybody, anybody remember what's in Hebrews eleven? Is The faith chapter. So it's talking about all these people that have... You know, it starts with Abraham and goes through, you know, Abraham and Isaac and Noah. And then it starts mentioning like, you know, Gideon and Enoch or or all these different people. It may not mention Enoch. Moses, um, David, Samuel, Samson, you know, all these people. Hey, look, hey, all the people that have gone before you in faith. So in other words... Hey, there's the cloud of witnesses. There's the people who are watching the plan of God, the, the mission of God unfold, that we're a part of this faith mission that, that God has sent his people on. So, therefore, since we're surrounded by all these guys, all these gals who are, you know, I think cheering us on, let us throw off everything that hinders, or let us set aside every weight and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author or the um, source or initiator and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before Him, endured the cross, scorning His shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary... And lose heart. And there's three simple things. So we're, we've been sent. And so it's like we're running a race. And we're, you know, we're, 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 we're going with this thing that's been set before us. And so it says we need, to, we need to do three things. Number one, we need to set aside weights. We need to take off weights that are stopping us. You know, you only run with weights if you're like a super training type runner right anybody run with weights (laughs) you know have you seen those things you strap on your like or you can strap them on your arms and they live a little weight or you strap them on your ankles so when you run it's like you're running farther i guess i don't know whatever (laughs) so it's like it's harder to run when you have weights on you're not gonna you're not gonna go as far you're not gonna be able to go as long and so it's simple here is there something weighing you down as you go as you're doing living your life as you're sharing your life with others is there something that's weighing you down is there something you need to take off and say I don't need this anymore is there something that's hindering you from entering into your full potential as a son or daughter of the king of kings it says right here hey let's set those things aside let's let's get rid of those things Let's take off the weights off of our ankles that are holding us back. Again, I can't answer the question for you what that is, but we've all got weights. We've all got things that are holding us back where we're just like, man, I'm not 100%. Well, what's what's one of the weights? And I think of that sometimes as something we need, we need, we need to be free from, we need to be healed of, that we need to let those burdens go. Is there a burden weighing you down that's hindering you from your fullness of potential that God says you can walk in. It says this this great cloud of witnesses is wanting you to to go for it. Then it says, number two, so that's one. Number two, lay aside any sin or the sin that so easily entangles or the sin that lingers. Uh, I think it says somewhere, lay aside any sin that lingers. You know, we all have that, maybe, is there that one thing that's just there in your life? That you're like, I wish that wasn't there, and it's a sin. Like a weight can be something that's not a sin. That can be like a burden. That can be just something you need to be healed from, or just something lifted off of you. Okay, that's not sin. That's just it's been put on you for whatever reason. It's it's come upon you. You take off the weight. You know, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's Jesus saying that. You know, it's like take off the weight. But then there's the thing that's that's sin. That's wrong. It's just like there's something not quite right in my life. And here's the deal. This is about deliverance. This is about deliverance. Because if there's a sin that keeps entangling you over and over again, you need to be delivered from that. You need to be you need to be walking the freedom that Jesus already purchased. And so there's sometimes, you know, how do you get free like that? Well, sometimes you do have to ask someone to help you and do some prayer ministry and walk through that. There needs to be some repentance. There needs to be some uh, breaking of of anything in the past that would hold you to those things. But there's also, the fact of the matter is this, the answer is in verse 2, we've got to fix our eyes on Jesus. You will never get free from sin if you focus on sin. Guys, if you're addicted to pornography, you don't get free from that by trying not to look at pornography. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. I can tell you I've looked at pornography before in my life. But it has no hold on me any longer. That has no hold on me. I took care of any sin that was going to linger because I'm like, I don't want that messing up my family. I don't want it messing up my marriage. I don't want it messing up my children. I don't want it messing up my church family. I don't want it messing up my ministry. I don't want it messing up my future doesn't change that I'm a child of God, that He loves me. You know, I'm just throwing that out as an example. I'm not trying to pick on the guys. But if it if it hits you, it hits you. Look, there's freedom. We're supposed to be free. So whatever that is in your life where you're like, I'm supposed to be free of this. Then just say, hey, okay, let's go to Jesus. You don't try to not do it, okay? Because when you try to not do it, it's, it's like, to me, it, it's like, you know, trying to unravel an extension cord you know that has been you know curled up the wrong way it's like you you get it you try to untangle like i'm not one of those guys that knows how to fold like have you seen those people that can fold it up and it's like all looped and it like just pops open okay i never learned how to do that they didn't teach me at the hardware store okay so when i roll up an extension cord over my arm or whatever and then you unravel it and it gets it, it gets entangled right it gets you know, so you focus on that thing, and then the more you work with it, sometimes you, you get it more tangled. That's what happens when you focus on sin. The more you, like, focus on it, you just get tangled up in it more, and it's a bigger mess than it was when you started. You're like, why am I even, using, why am I even messing with this? Because you don't get free from it by focusing on it. Because the focus is where your source is. And Jesus says, look, you've got to fix your eyes on me. So you start with me. You start with me. And then when you have your eyes on Jesus, He begins to deal with things in your life that need to be dealt with. And He'll deal with it at the right time. It might be something that totally doesn't even seem like it's related at all. Right. But He's dealing with that thing without even telling you. <laughs> he's like, I'm, I'm freeing you from that. and we're not even, You don't even think I'm messing with it right now. Because that's how good God is. Because there's all these things that are tangling up that you know, this twisted web, and we can't figure it out, but Jesus is the one who conquered sin. He got it all figured out. So I've got to keep my eyes on Jesus. So I want to encourage you, it's not your effort, it's your focus. It's just turning to Him. He's the He's the one that's gonna do it. So, you know, and that's why I say, Hey, look, you know, you don't want to focus on that thing. Focus on Jesus and ask Him. See what He says about it. What does the Holy Spirit say about this thing in my life? What does the Word of God say about this? That's another good... Is begin to read the Scriptures. Begin to declare the Scriptures. You know, if you're struggling with that one thing I mentioned, you know, read Scriptures about purity. Read Philippians 4 that says whatever is pure, whatever is noble, think on these things. Read that every day. Read that every day and say, I'm going to think of these things. Declare that scripture over your mind, over your life. We don't have to be like every man in this, in this country. I'm sorry to harp on that. Don't feel guilty. It's like, look, this, this thing is, is trying to ruin the lives of people. I, let's beat the beep out of it. <laughs> okay? It's only good to say the beep for the devil, okay? And, and sin. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's probably not good to say it at all, but my wife's not in here today. So, <clears throat> so lay aside weights, so get rid of burdens, get rid of things holding you back, and then it says, lay aside, get rid of the sin that's entangling, or things that lingering around. Let's, let's get rid of that, because it's hindering me. It doesn't mean I'm not running the race. doesn't mean I'm not following Jesus. That doesn't change the fact that I'm following Jesus. No, it doesn't change the fact that I'm a child of God. But it's hindering me in some way. I'm not at the full potential that he wants. And then it says, run with endurance, the race marked out for us. And here's the thing. Endurance running is, is, first of all, it's not fun. I don't think so. (laughs) There's maybe a few people in here who like endurance running. Anybody? Who likes endurance running? Like, you like to run, like, you, start, you count miles, okay? Nobody in here, I see. There's a couple of people that used to, I don't know if they liked it, but, uh, you know, I know you've heard this story before, but I've only run one 5K, okay? And I, I never trained specifically for the 5K, okay? I didn't, I didn't run miles and miles. A 5K is 3.1 miles. You run it all at once, okay? Just for those of you that are uninitiated, like, you, you don't stop. You like you run till you're done. <laughs> or you walk when you get tired. But uh, So when we did our, our fundraiser, uh, that didn't work out like we thought, but we still had a 5K. I mean, there weren't as many sign-ups, and so I'll just run the 5K. And I hadn't been training for a 5K, okay? But, here's the but. I had been doing this other thing. I had been doing a training Video called Insanity. Okay? Oh, yeah. No, you don't say that when you watch that. <laughs> it's oh no. <laughs> okay, Insanity is like this. Just imagine doing like, um, you do this motion. Okay, you do that for 30 seconds. Then you just do this one. Where are you doing? You know, whatever you want to call that up, downs, burpees. You just do that. And then they let you take a break for like 15 seconds. And then you do that for 45 minutes over and over. It's like circuit training. So I've been doing that for some reason at night after the kids, the two kids were in bed at that point. And so I had been training, not specifically for the 5K, but I had trained my body to be able to physically exert itself for 45 minutes to an hour each and every day. You got Sunday off, that was it, one day off. Six days a week you did 45 minute workout and then when you did 30 days you went to an hour long workout and it was almost continuous and then you got to stretch at the end. <laughs> That's why they call it insanity. I ran the 5K pretty darn good in twenty, like 27 minutes. Even though I hadn't been running to train, but I had trained... And so I was ready for the race because I was current in my physical training. I was in pretty good shape at that point. I don't think I could do that right now. Could I run a 5K right now? Probably not. (laughs) Probably not. Because you know what? I haven't been doing 45 minutes of exercise every night. I don't know I've been doing 45 minutes of exercise every week. (laughs) Okay? So if I tried to run a 5k right now, I'm gonna there's no way I'm gonna run it in 27 minutes. Or whatever I got. It was just under twenty seven, I think. I don't remember. I just know I beat Sarah. <laughs> and Stephanie. You've got to aim high. So <laughs> so because I haven't been training. I can't, run with, I can't run with endurance right now. So when we, we get the scripture that says, hey, you need to run with endurance in order for yourself to run and not grow weary in your spiritual walk, you have to have the training up to date. If God introduces a new leg to your race and you're not all trained up, you're not going to make it through that race because you haven't done the training necessary. It doesn't mean you need to train for that specific race but you need to have yourself spiritually fit so that you're ready for the race that is thrust upon you that you're not ready for. And they say, you're going to run today. You're going to do this today. But when you when you train yourself spiritually, when you do that on a regular basis, when you're in the Word when you're in prayer when you're worshiping god when you're praying in the spirit when you're disciple and being discipled, when you are spiritually disciplined you're able to run any race with endurance that's set before you so we have to be able to train ourselves so that i'm ready for where god sends me and what he sends me into i mean have you ever been sent into something by god it feels like man god i don't i'm not i'm not up for this You know, I have to think sometimes, was I spiritually fit? Am I spiritually fit to where I'm ready for whatever Jesus is going to send me into just as the Father sent Him? That turned out pretty good. Um, Eyes on Jesus. Eyes on Jesus. Here's one more thought. It says this. That it let us fix our eyes on Jesus. So, whether we're running the race, whether we're getting rid of the weight, whether we're uh, dealing with the sin, it says, Let us fix. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. You know, when I get my eyes off of Jesus, everything gets all messed up. But if I get my eyes on Him, everything looks like it's supposed to look. Things, you know, challenges look smaller, He looks bigger, uh, impossibilities look possible. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, who's the author or the source and the perfecter of our faith. You know, that Jesus is the, is the one who started it all. It's his idea. He's the author. You know, I used to listen to all kinds of different music. It was all, it was all Christian music, just so you don't think I'm a sinner. But, no, um, you know, I grew up listening to all these Christian songs. And, you know, art- music artists, some of them are more artistic than others, you know, some of them their lyrics are like very plain. You're like, I know what you're talking about. I went down to the store and I grabbed a Coke and <laughs> and I went to worship God at church and okay, you're like, okay, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, and so you know the song is about somebody who went and got a Coke and and uh went to go worship God, okay? <laughs> Really ridiculous idea. I get that. But then you know, there's those songs where you like read them and you're like, you have to try to figure out like what the song is about. You know, it's like got all these this imagery. It's really creative. It's it's kind of artsy. You know, that's a real artist right there. It's like, they're like, man, what is that song about? And you like have all these ideas. Like, oh, it's you know, and if it's a Christian song, like, oh, this is symbolizing this and this and this. And then you hear the author of the song talk about it, and they say, oh, it's about this. <laughs> and you're like, oh. Well, I got this from it. And well, it's like, hey, that's not what the author intended. I'm glad you got that from it. But you didn't get what the author intended. You know, have you ever heard of C.S. Lewis? Yeah. Wrote the Chronicles of Narnia. He was a contemporary of a man named J.R.R. R. Tolkien. They're both very um, scholarly guys from England, involved in Cambridge University. I think it was Cambridge. Um... And they used to meet together, and J.R.R. R. Tolkien is the author of another fantasy series that's kind of similar to the Chronicles and already called The Lord of the Rings. And he wrote The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. And so, um, if you ask each author the purpose of their book, you'll get, you'll get two different answers. Uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, by the way, led C.S. Lewis to Jesus. He's the one who actually helped C.S. Lewis come to, know, come to know the Lord. And so... C.S. Lewis will tell you very clearly that his books are what are called allegories. You know, in other words... You read that his most famous book is called The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. His most famous fiction book. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. In it there's a lion named Aslan. And he represents Jesus. And in the story he dies and comes back to life. He dies for someone else who's a traitor. And he comes back to life. And he has victorious over the witch who represents the devil. And so there's, there's all this symbolism. And it's, it's an allegory. And so that was the author's intent in writing this book was to parallel the truth of the gospel in some ways to display who God is. But if you ask J.R.R. R. Tolkien and you try to find all the symbolism in the book The Lord of the Rings, well, this guy symbolizes this, this guy symbolizes this, that's not what he intended. He intended to write a fantasy book that contrasts light and darkness and good and evil, but there's no devil figure, there's no Jesus figure, there's no this or that. There's things that could tie in with traits of of those people, but he didn't specifically have that purpose. And here's my thought, the author's purpose matters. What the author intended for it to communicate matters. I can find all kinds of things from that book, and it might be well and good to my life, but if that's not what the author intended, that wasn't the purpose of the writing of that book. It's the same way with Jesus. He is the author of our faith. So it's his intention, his, his ideas that matter. I can come up with my own interpretation of all this stuff, but if that's not what the author intended, then I'm, I'm writing my own book. I'm singing my own song. I want to sing his song. I want to be in his story. And so it's important to follow the author's intent. That's why I have to keep my eyes on the author. That's why I have to keep my eyes on Him, because when I'm connected to the author, then I fulfill the intent that the author had for faith and my life. It says He's also the perfecter of our faith. So He's the one that perfects it. He's the one that finishes it. He's the one that molds it together. He's the one that takes our inadequacies and our screw-ups and our failures and says, I'm greater than that doesn't mean we should settle and and allow them to stay in our lives, but hey, if that happens, I'm not going to get stuck on that. Because the author's intent, the author's intent is for people to be saved, not condemned. The author's intent is for people to be free and not bound. And so I want to follow the author's intent. Amen? Let's pray. Let's stand up and let's let's close in prayer. Lord, we just thank you that you are so good. We want want our eyes to stay on you. And so I just pray for every single person in here, Lord. Let us, number one, keep our eyes on you, Lord. and, And as we have our spiritual eyes on you, God, give us more of your heart. Let us walk with your compassion. Let us walk with your desires. Let us see people as you want to see people. And then we're going to be ready to be sent and to go and to do and to not do whatever you are wanting us to do or not do or be sent or not sent for, we're going to be connected to you and what you want and what you desire. You're the author of our lives. You're the one who created us. You're the one who's working things all together for the good of those that love God and are called according to His purpose. So we want to be connected to you, God. Help us stay close. Help us keep our eyes not not focused on those other things, but on you first. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Be blessed. Encourage one another. If you need prayer, come on up still.